remember when I, and of course I'm sure you do, because every word that comes out of my mouth is a real thorough. <laughs> oh, finally, a reaction. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if we have a list of names in a reading, there's a, a reason why. And it's we're to pay particular attention to what it means to us as readers of the Bible. Now, in Luke's Gospel, he lists out Herod and Philip and a variety of despots, basically. And when Tiberius became the emperor, he did not want to be that. He was a great commander, so that was really what he was good at. So to be put into a, a square peg in a round hole was not going to work for him. He gave his job to someone else and went off to sun himself somewhere in some mansion. But when he got word that Euvenius was plotting against him, what did he do? He chopped off his head. You know, we always do that when there are people that are against us. He became so awful that he was, that he was feared by everyone, Romans and Jews alike. And it set up a way that the Romans chose to rule over the people. It wasn't a... a I don't know what is wrong with my brain. It wasn't ruling by majority or by anything that we understand today, but it was through fear and intimidation. So we understand that we have a whole group of people that are listed. You know, we know that Herod had John the Baptist's, John the Baptizer's head cut off because he dared to speak truth to him. Herodias was furious that John would say, you shouldn't be married to her. The story we hear of in Lent. Um, because you're, you were married to her brother. Or she was married to your brother. Then we have Pontius Pilate. Well, we know that he was a, a leader who was basically gutless who was not willing to stand up to the people and say that Jesus ought not be crucified. Instead, he acquiesced to their demands. We also know that Annas and Caiaphas, the temple of authorities, were against Jesus because he spoke of a different way of being. So we have... These people, these despots, and then we have Jesus and John the Baptizer on the other hand. So we have a, a real shift of what is the way we want to rule. And for the second Sunday of Advent, the theme is peace. And as we know, with Rome, there was no peace. It was fear. So the people cowered in their homes at night, we can imagine, while the authorities wielded the power that they had. And along comes someone who's telling everyone to repent 
that he is that there is someone else that is coming after him who will be greater than he is and we know that person is to be jesus now john the baptizer's father was zachariah who was a prophet and earlier in the gospel of luke zachariah doesn't believe that his wife is going to give birth so he is silenced god makes him mute or mute mute yes i know i i'm having trouble with the english language today i'm not sure why i've spoken it all my life so you have another prophet zechariah john the baptizer and jesus is a prophet so when you align people that are gentle and understand what god's will is against people who are evil you can imagine what happens there's a constant back and forth a power struggle ensues we have power struggles today that's no surprise there is not a place that you can't go that there's not some kind of power struggle whether it's wearing a mask washing your hands, who you voted for, what you believe. People are just, understandably, after all of this time, pretty darn angry. And what do we do? We lash out at other people. We throw our hands up and say, what's the use? What should I do? Why should I even bother? Why should I vote? of a huge puzzle. But you are an important piece of the puzzle. We can't get along if everybody says, I don't care anymore. I choose not to care. The problems are too big and too much for me to take care of. Earlier this week, last week, the executive director of Jeremiah Development, who is here with us today, and she doesn't know I'm going to talk about this, called a group of preachers and neighborhood residents together to try to come and solve the problems that we have in our neighborhood. Prostitution, drug use, robbery, crime, and she's working to get us all to work together to make our neighborhood a better place to live and work and worship. We didn't come away with any answers. We didn't even try to formulate any answers. We're still working on the questions. But the questions are basically, who do we want to be and how do we want to fit in the neighborhood? What can we offer to the people in the Coronado Haskell area? What do they feel that they are lacking? How can we help? Those are the questions that were coming forward and bubbling up in our conversation. The last thing that we wanted to do was to tell people what we think 
and it was pointed out by someone from the police department, what we think they need, because what I think you, they need and what they think they need are totally different. I don't live in this neighborhood. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen to my child when he leaves the house. I don't have to worry about a bullet going through my wall. But these are very things that the neighbors in the Coronado-Haskell neighborhood come up against every day. Stories of gunfire all night long, of being afraid, of windows shot out. Like I said, we could lament the way the world is. And the world right now is scary and frightening. There's no safe place. We learned that this week. You think when you go to school, you'll be all right. You think when you come into church, you'll be okay. You go to the mall and you hope that you'll be able to not only buy what you need, but be able to leave the mall in safety. But time and time again, something happens. Evil permeates our culture. But we choose to not let evil win. Just like Jesus and John the Baptizer and Zechariah did not want evil to win. Now, I would be naive if I didn't think that evil doesn't win. Too often we feel like it does, and then we feel powerless. We can't change the world, but we can change our piece of it. So I'm inviting you all to help us with Jeremiah to help us change our neighborhood, to make it a place where we're proud to work and worship, a place where children can play safely and not worry when parents send them out the door, a place where we say to drug dealers, get the heck out of here, you're not welcome, and they listen and they leave. That's what we are planning on doing in Jeremiah in this next phase. Sue didn't realize I had all these plans in my head before she came into the church. <laughs> but please do join us. This is important work, and it's work that we need to do, and it's work that we need you all to do with us. In this season of Advent, as we wait for our coming Lord to be born again in a stable, rough, with straw filled with bugs, and worms to poor parents who are nothings to the Roman Empire. We remember that we too can change who we are, what we want to be about, and who we want to be because of that baby that will be born in a few short weeks. Amen. Amen. Amen.